Welcome to the Skiff Meetings podcast, where we speak to the movers and shakers leading the dynamic world of business events. I'm your host, Miguel Nevj, the editor-in-chief at Skiff Meetings. And today I'm speaking with Sisi Lignu, the CEO of Greek professional congress organizers, Afea. Sisi took over the family business, so was essentially born into the world of events. Afea, the company she now leads, is deeply rooted in Greek tourism and traces its roots from a corporate travel agency to becoming a professional congress organizer. One of CC's personal highlights is an incredible stint working at the Athens Olympic Games from 2000 to 2004, which undoubtedly shaped her career trajectory. She advocates for the role of a professional congress organizer, PCO, which she sees as an integral yet often misunderstood cog in the machinery of business events. She's also very active with IAPCO, the International Association of PCOs, and highlights their importance in raising the profile of the meetings industry across the business world. We wrap up our conversation by discussing the broader challenges and trends shaping the future of our industry, including the adoption of AI, evolving event formats, and the pressing need for advocacy and education. Buckle up for a captivating episode filled with insights, anecdotes, and forward thinking from one of the meetings industry's leading voices. Travel Portland presents a meditation for meeting planners. Close your eyes and picture your conference in Portland, Oregon. Your budget is totally under control. With no sales tax, you've saved thousands, which you spend on a group dinner at one of Portland's incredible restaurants. The food, delicious. Your attendees, delighted. And the glory, all yours. Portland, yours to find, yours to share. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Skiff Meetings podcast. Today, I am delighted to be joined by Sisi Lignu. I, that is a tough one to say, but Sisi, welcome to the event. You're the CEO of Afea, and you have a number of other titles, and we'll get to that. But first, I just want to say welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Miguel. It's my pleasure to be part of your podcast. Thank you so much. Um, so wanted to just start by asking you to introduce yourself, you know, where you're tall, talk to us a little bit about your career, but I I'd like you to start from the first moment. If you remember of when you first came into contact with business events, perhaps as a student or whenever that was, if you can remember when you first realized there was such a thing as business events as an industry, let's start there. Yes, absolutely. My pleasure. Well, actually, I realized uh, when I was uh, pretty young as um, the company I'm uh, running and I'm uh, currently uh, leading as a CEO is a family business founded by my father. So as you can realize, um, meetings have been part of my life since I was a little girl and I was always volunteering and being part of uh, registration desk and uh, the team on site and even uh, even uh, pre-events I used to help. Uh, so it was part of my life already when I was uh, even um, a student. So in, even even earlier, I would say. So you were really born into this industry very much. Yes, it has been part of my life since I was born. And the company was founded actually when I, on, the, on the year I was born. So it's, uh, it's not a coincidence. It's just happened. And uh, it's, it's, it's been part of my life forever. Okay. <laughs> And what do you, what is it, what does the company do? What does it specialize in and how has it sort of developed over the years? 
Of course. So Afea is a company which is uh, established in the Greek tourism and meetings industry for the last 45 years. Uh, was founded in uh, 19, at the end of 1977. Um, it first started as a corporate travel agency and then it developed to a meeting planner, a professional congress organizer. We entered the meetings industry in the 90s and um, after a while and I, after I joined the company, we also uh, joined major associations such as IAPCO, ICA and uh, others. Of course, I did not start uh, with, I, I did not start my career in the family business as um, it was my, my intention, my, my desire, my wish to work somewhere else first. And there was a great opportunity in 2000 in Athens uh, with the Athens Olympic Games. So. In the period 2001 to 2004, I was um, an executive in the public relations department and events department of the organizing committee for the Olympic Games. And this is actually where my actual career within the events industry started. Uh, this was an amazing experience, one in a lifetime experience. And after that, um, in 2004, I joined AFEA. And since then, I've been, um, I started as a a junior project coordinator, and then I climbed positions uh, to become the the management um, part of the company right now. And we specialize in corporate tourism, corporate meetings, and of course, association conferences and all types of events in and outside of Greece. I'm glad you brought up the Olympic Games. I mean, that sounds like a, a great, a great, uh, something hard to top, right? A, a great kind of point of your career. It was a huge highlight. Um, I think it happens once in a lifetime and I would definitely do it again. Um, you know, with very strict deadlines, with uh, very high officials around us. Uh, we traveled all around the world for the events of the organizing committee. We met amazing people. Um, during the games, I was part of the Olympic Village as, as I was part of the communication teams, communications team of the Olympic Village. So it was my huge pleasure and honor to be part of all the athletes going around. So all this um, adrenaline and um, speed uh, in a very high level was uh, was ama an amazing experience and an honor for Athens to have hosted the games, of course. For sure. It's where the, the first game started. It's the origin. It's the, the destination where the first Olympic Games started. The ancient yeah. and the modern ones. Absolutely. So when you speak to people that are outside the industry, let's say family, friends that don't really know the industry, how do you explain what you do? That's a very good question. Sometimes uh, people don't understand what we do. And uh, this is a good occasion to, to mention that apart from my business role as a CEO of AFEA, I'm also um, the president of the National Association of PCOs in Greece and have been uh, part of the council of HAPCO and DES for 15 years, first as a general secretary and recently elected uh, one and a half years ago as a president. And I, it's my it's also my honor that I've been elected twice in the in the council of IAPCO, which is the the major association of uh, professional in meetings in worldwide. It's the association, the international association of professional congress organizers, uh, and both associations have a larger objective in promoting the value of our industry and showcasing the world what our profession is about. Um, so the recognition of uh, the meetings industry. So when people ask me, I say that I um, 
I do an amazing uh, job with a lot of color. Um, I organize events um, all around the world uh, with the aim to bring people together, to promote education, knowledge, uh, experience sharing, uh, incentive trips, and all other types of events. I try to describe the type of events. And of course, I'm, I, I say, I'm proud to say that every event is a different world. And it's, of course, a tough um, industry. It's not an easy job to do. It's a stressful uh, business. But apart from that, it's um, one of a kind. Mm -hmm. And that's what I say. <laughs> Sounds I'm good. I'm not sure everyone gets it, but yes. You've mentioned so. this concept of PCO, Professional Congress Organizer, a number of times. Yes. What does that mean to you? Is that just a way to describe the type of company that you are, or is there more to it? Actually, um, our profession has not been officially recognized and certified as other businesses have. And that's uh, one of the major goals and um, let's say the larger vision, largest vision of both HAPCO, IAPCO and all associations involved in the industry. Um, we are called professional Congress organizers because we have uh, all the tools, the education and the expertise to organize an event from A to Z. And an event is not just um, the selection of a, of a meeting room and um, the hiring of audiovisual equipment. It's much, much more than that. It's a, it's a huge puzzle with 1,000 pieces which have to be all together in order for the event to be successful. So the profession, the Congress organizer has to be professional. He has to be a professional maestro of the orchestra to coordinate all the all the players and all the pieces together. And we are speaking out about more than 40 professions involved in the industry, more than 40 professions necessary to make an event happen. And this is all coordinated by a professional Congress organizer. Only an, an expert in this field can do it in the right way and can coordinate um, all the suppliers, all the key stakeholders, um, the venues, the needs in the most successful way. I think this is a, a very interesting point. Um, I do see some challenges in terms of how different companies offer different sets of products, right, or services. For example, in the in the US, the term professional Congress organizer is not very common. It's not a not a, a kind of set of services no. or, or a type of company that is necessarily uh, very common. So do you think that's a barrier in terms of defining the profession? Because some companies might just you know, find venues, some might coordinate the AV and do registration, but not do a lot of other things, for example. How do we how do we bring that together, right? Because different companies will offer different things and, and, and be called different things, of course. Yes, of course. And in the US, we say business events. And this is also a terminology used, of course. And we accept this, this, this term, absolutely. There are so many types of events. If we're speaking about... IAPCO, for example, uh, which which um, represents the association representing the professional congress organizer. We're speaking about more than 100 companies in the world who have to um, be certified and evaluated on a yearly basis on at least 10 or 15 modules of a professional congress organization. And this means venue management, sponsorship management, scientific management, logistics, uh, abstract management, uh, speaker management, um, budgeting, um, new technologies, AI. So it's not just about the organization of an event. And of course, there are 
many types of different event planners around the world. Even HAPCO, our national association, consists of PCOs, DMCs, event planners. So we're not just speaking about PCOs. DMCs are, uh, there are amazing DMCs around the world uh, organizing corporate events of 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 people, which, which are one of a kind. That's a, a, a different expertise than the expertise of a professional Congress organizer. So Congress organizer has to have all the necessary platforms, first of all, in order to deliver an association event, a conference, a governmental event, um, has to have the expertise, has, has to be ideally accredited in, an, in a broader organization uh, and has to be able to deliver at least 80% um, of all the modules necessary for the organization of an event. So it's like, a, let's say, a, a science, and it's it's not easy to be a professional Congress organizer if um, if if you don't have the expertise. But uh, of course, um, the business events industry is a broader term that we use. We're all part of it, and it's important for all of us to advocate on the value of this industry. Yeah, totally agree. So let's 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 zoom out a little bit in terms of kind of challenges that that you're seeing. I mean, it sounds like this, uh, the naming and the quality of companies is is a challenge. But do you have other challenges that that you're facing or that you feel like the industry is facing that uh, worry you that keep you up at night? Yes, absolutely. Um, many challenges, which also brought opportunities. In the case of uh, COVID, for example, we became uh, one with technology. We uh, we had to evolve in uh, like one day, and um, and then make it part of our lives and use it to our benefit. So technology can be a challenge and opportunity. Um, AI is, has come, has entered our lives, and we are trying to uh, introduce this uh, this element stronger and stronger in our daily business. Um, I'm, not, I'm sure you know, for example, that PCMA launched an AI tool for the scientific um, programming of events. Uh, we use different AI tools for, for different reasons, content management, um, even creation of a whole identity, but of course, always with the support of the human element. Um, I would say though that um, the lack of education um, for for professional meeting planning and talent retaining and engagement has is still a huge challenge. Um, is part of my everyday uh, life and routine and concern. Um, the the fact that um, leaders have to be on top of their people and make them feel motivated and make them feel interested to deliver events uh, is becoming more and more difficult because there there are not so many experts in any anymore available so we need to search or create new talents and this can happen first of all if we let's say um integrate uh, people from our other industries in our teams and educate them which takes longer time or start from a lower uh, level and um really integrate education on business events conferences and events in general in the universities. And many, many countries have a huge problem and huge lack of that. So tourism overall is part of the education, but meeting meeting planning is not really the case everywhere. And I think this is very important. And um, um, so I would say that um, 
the people management is definitely a challenge that we were going to we're going to tackle in the future. Diversity and inclusion is also part of our lives and sustainability. Some companies have integrated it fully. Smaller companies are still working on it. It has to be um, com uh, it has to be. A, let's say a rule, a law in the future for all of us and part of our routine in our business. Um, those are the challenges I would identify mm -hmm. for now. Don't know if I'm missing something. Going back to the, the HR or kind of building and nurturing your team, um, you mentioned somewhat a lack of visibility of the industry when it comes to the education is is it a lack of visibility because people just don't know about it or is there also an element of attractiveness of sort of the industry not seeming so attractive for a younger audience and you know can we do anything about that it's definitely a lack of visibility because people don't know about it for example in my country um we always and in my, in my company, per, personally, I always um, have someone have an internship. I, we always take internships and students to make their practice in, a, in, in our business. And what we find out is that they do have some classes on meetings, but they don't really know what they are about. So that some of them don't, don't even know what they mean. So now we're trying to enter in, into universities and give some more lectures. So definitely the younger generation does not know about it. But also, as uh, it, it was said by a NIAPCO member during a NIAPCO um, annual meeting, our industry is not sexy enough, if I'm allowed to say this term. Um, we have to make it more attractive. And we have to make it more visible and more, um, let's say, interesting for people to, 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 so that we create their interest for them to enter our industry. And uh, this can be done in different ways. We need to be more creative and, of course, listen to the trends of the new generation and transform our teams and our structures in a way um, that they will want to be part of our of our teams and our and our businesses, and that, that's something I'm trying to do already. Yeah, very interesting. I don't know if you agree with that, but that's my 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 view. Of I think it's I think it's fascinating. Um, I I just I I'm curious whether it's a marketing problem, whether it's a societal problem. Um, I do feel that in some ways the COVID pandemic made it harder because I think the travel element of uh, the meetings industry was quite appealing. And I think now with sort of remote working and hybrid offices and, and more flexibility and sort of a time to reflect on what you really want to do has mm -hmm. maybe lessened the appeal on that side. And I think while wages in the meetings industry are not very high, there are sort of perks to the job that I think used to be more appealing or used to have more of an allure. And so I think now there's a bit of a marketing issue where if we can't get younger audiences to understand how game-changing events can be, how, how they can really shape companies and how can it be really important in that way, then I think it's going to be very hard to pay what we normally pay and expect young people to be attractive. So there might be a need to sort of raise wages, to raise which the then profile makes it, wages, etc. But also yes. makes it harder, right? Because then it, events become more expensive. So it's it's not an easy balance to to maintain. 
It definitely requires a strategy. And on that point, it is, I think it's the best occasion to mention that one of the key pillars of the future strategy of IAPCO is advocacy. And I'm also proud to be part of this specific pillar as a council member. And the aim of this um, priority will be to raise the profile of our profession in the outside world, to speak outside of our bubble, to promote the value of of a PCO on the first point, but in the event industry in, in general. And uh, this will go in different directions. It has it will include marketing, it will include education, and it will reach the lower um, part of the chain. We're speaking about the students and the new generation, but it will also reach the governments and the authorities. And we, I'm sure you know very well that in many countries, the value of this industry and what it brings, not only to an economy, to the society, to, to, the, to the community, um, sustainability is huge. A, a participant spend seven times more than a tourist and the meetings industry um, helps more than as we said for 40 professions so the, the aim is to raise the voice first of all outside of the bubble and create buzz around our profession and this is um, this is going to be a big challenge but I'm very excited for what's coming sounds good looking forward to hearing or learning more about that What about sustainability? Um, you know, we are an industry that promotes international travel, and that is a, a big carbon footprint. On the other hand, we promote discussion, we promote dialogue. How do you see sustainability? And I'm talking more big picture in terms of our industry, what we do, and how we can be more sustainable as an industry. Well, on the, on the one hand, travel is uh, maybe something that um, does not help uh, our sustainability, our future in, sustain in a sustainable future. But on the other hand, consider what would happen if we didn't have the meetings, if we didn't have this uh, exchange of knowledge and education, which uh, contributes even to the public health improvement, um, um, distribution of, uh, of, of, of new trends and new knowledge to communities, uh, helps, um, promotes a destination, um, gives a value and income to a, to, a, to, a, to a specific country. So there might be some disadvantages, but the advantages are huge. And um, I believe that our meetings industry touches many of the SDG goals, synergies, life below water, um, education, and many others. And uh, so I, I believe that our industry should be a key player in promoting sustainability in the future and should, should have an instrumental role in integrating it into our strategy, future, future strategies. And in terms of the practical side, are you looking at different ways to reduce that footprint on one side, but also increase the social benefits and other elements of sustainability that can be can be you know beneficial events, from, from events? Events can be, um, let's say, the best vehicle to um, promote sustainability. We're with several actions that are integrated in the event design of each of each of our events first of all we try to reduce carbon footprint and of course uh, we include special activities like for example the donations um, the offerings to to um, uh, poor communities and um, the the 
inclusion of volunteers and students, so the promotion of education, which is also part of sustainability. And as a company, we are also um, we have also won the collaboration the collaboration awards on because of a collaboration we did with CSR, which is a Greek organization promoting sustainability in the country. Members of this company are the huge, the, the, the major enterprises in Greece. Uh, and we, we organized various seminars in Greece with the aim to uh, raise the awareness on sustainability. And this is also something we do as an association and as a company. Uh, so yes, I believe events can be the best vehicle to promote sustainability and increase sustainability activity. What about stress? This is something mm -hmm. that comes up a lot with um, this profession. And you mentioned already quite a few things about, you know, the different aspects of the PCO world and different skills. And, and that's a lot of work and a lot of different boxes to tick and a lot of different aspects to kind of be experts on. How do you manage stress for yourself, for your team, and 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 you know, is it an issue, and how do you deal with it? First of all, um, I'm proud to, to say that um, we have uh, team members for more than ten or fifteen years with us, which means that they feel safe in this environment, um, and that happens because. Pers me personally, but the whole management team, we are very close to our people, and that's important to reduce their stress factors, first of all, as a, as a first point, but there's there's so much more to do. Um, <clears throat> Well-being and work-life balance is a huge uh, topic of our of our industry, and it, it has increased, of course, the need for work-life balance has increased uh, during COVID, so... It is important that all leaders of this industry implement strategies and do activities that promote and support the mental health and the mental well-being of our of our people. Uh, matter if we are speaking about seminars, about incentive trips, about um, let's say breaks within the day, as uh, different celebrations, um, acknowledgements of uh, team efforts. Uh, this is a factor that has uh, been very, very important in the last years. And IAPCO, as well as HAPCO, I must speak about IAPCO first, uh, of course. At our annual meeting, we always include mental health topics uh, for senior leaders, uh, of course, and even uh, in uh, in. Uh, it is part of our education. IAPCO Edge is the educational seminar of, of IAPCO, and it always includes personal development and mental health sessions, which are getting the highest rankings, actually, which means that younger professionals really need to have these elements in their daily, not, not in the daily, but let's say in their monthly routine in the companies. And that's what we all need to do. There's some great initiatives that, that you've already mentioned there, so definitely worth exploring more. So let's talk a little bit about trends. You've already mentioned AI. Um, happy to talk a little bit more about AI, but are there any other trends that you're excited about right now that you're, you're seeing coming up ahead? Yes, a big AI is uh, as of, as a, is it the top trend, let's say, that uh, really needs to be studied further. Um, we need to pay attention to that, though, and use it in our benefit, because in some cases it can, uh, let's say, create more distance um, 
of the personal touch to the final result in many ways. No matter if we're speaking about content or brand or marketing or even the organization of the event. But for sure, uh, we're identifying um, different elements that are already part of our events. And uh, I believe the AI story will grow in uh, the future and will be a major discussion uh, as part of the trends. Another trend um, we see is the format of events. So it is a fact that um, the larger events have already changed. And we see that in many ways. We, already, we also see it during exhibitions. As you know, IMAX uses parallel silent rooms or larger focused meetings or expert meetings or um, different kind of different kinds of event design that are implemented in our events. Also, it is... Um, it is the fact that our clients are asking for more um, focused education. And if we're speaking about medical events, uh, already um, we have already uh, created a, a new stream on hands-on hands surgery, for example, 3D, 4D. Um, there is an, a, a, a higher need from, from our clients and the associations we collaborate to integrate new event formats into the future strategies. And that's definitely a trend that we have to follow if we want to be competitive and creative at the same time. So yes, I think event formats are going to be a trend in the future and that's something we need to consider. Interesting. So if you imagine uh, a event, let's take a typical association event, something like that in, in something like five years time, do you see it being quite different to what it is today? Definitely, it will be different. If we look two years, uh, the events two years ago, of, of course, we had COVID. The events look already different. We didn't even know how to deliver. We knew, but we didn't uh, really know how to deliver event hybrid meetings in 30 parallel, parallel rooms, seven days without without any problems. Now we know. So AI will be definitely a part of it. I see many meetings, many meeting rooms uh, created in different ways with the support of AI. I see um, speakers uh, presenting uh, without being present, of course, but not just through Zoom or, um, uh, or Teams or whatever, or another platform. I see different kind of participation, perhaps. Apart from those we know, I don't know how it's going to look like, but definitely it will be part of it. Sponsors and exhibitors will want to invest in different kinds of um, services, um, and not just a booth or a satellite symposium. Um, many different tools will enter even the scientific part of, of, uh, of the meetings. Uh, that's what I see. I don't have a precise uh, description for all of that, but I believe that technology and AI will definitely be part of it, even pre-event for the whole um, experience of the participant during registration, after registration, during the submission of the scientific abstract, upon approval, everything will be done in a more automated way. But also, I think that the, hum the need to, to keep the human element very strong in these changes will also be highly important. And I hope that in three years from now, um, our meetings, our industry will be in another level um, 
as you know, in regards to advocacy and acceptance and recognition, and will be considered and valued as one of the top industries in the world because we are a very powerful industry and it has not been uh, really accepted yet in the way we want. It's a great vision for the future. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> so just in terms of sort of practical um, applications or practical versions of this, um, do, I mean, you attend IAPCO events and HAPCO events, and I assume you also do other events. Have you uh, joined or participated in any events lately that impressed you that kind of, you know, were interesting for you or that were that you saw a glimpse of the future in? And, and could you tell us a little bit about what you saw and why that impressed you? Mm. I believe. Um... Okay, I believe all industry events have uh, something, a, a new elements uh, which are uh, impressive. Um, the IAPCO annual meeting always is always an experience because of the high level of speakers. Um, the educational seminars we do are hosted in, in cities uh, which perform in the best way. And that's something I, I can say that it has impressed me. Uh, I was recently in uh, Belgium for the educational seminar of IAPCO. And uh, I was impressed by the level of not just the hospitality, which is, of course, not uh, it's, it's a prerequisite and it has to be given but it's not the same in every country we know that greeks are very very good on that i have to be proud of that but uh i was impressed by the level of um of of um i was impressed by how high they 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 see legacy and impact mm -hmm. as part of their strategy and the and the actions the destination does to always leave a legacy in the events industry and beyond and create an impact. And um, I must say this has to be an example for every destination. So I was lately impressed by, by that. Of course, um, all industry events have something new. As I said, PCMA was uh, amazing in Copenhagen and very nice technology, very good um, marketing, um, very, very impressive image. Um, I haven't been in something else that has impressed me, to be honest, in the industry events, but I have been impressed by events that our country organizes and uh, the new um, elements that are coming in education for younger doctors, scientists, um, the new tools that they have in their hands. Uh, was recently we recently organized an, an event on cardiology and most of the speakers had to do with artificial intelligence so i didn't know at that point that there, there, there is so much development in the integration of artificial intelligence for the for cardiologists and for the for, for the cardiology sector and that is also for the urology sector so many medical sectors have integrated ai into their practice and i think uh, that's something that is going to impress us in the future more very interesting well thank you for sharing that i know it's a hard question but i think it's always interesting it to is. get an expert's <laughs> view on on what uh, on what impresses and and kind of continuing from that line um if we were to create an event specifically for for you if you imagine there are many versions of you in different countries and different variations with your experience with your knowledge do you have an idea of what you would be looking for in an event 
Is there a specific education? Is there a specific inspiration? What, what would you really like to see at an event that's designed around your needs? I'm very, very passionate about um, personal development and inspiration and um, mental health and mental health practices. So I, I would be very excited to be part of the organization of an event of that kind that only invites inspirational leaders, uh, experienced speakers on stage who recreate an energy, a very high energy. Uh, we already have such events, of course, but um, I would like to see it in another format, perhaps, uh, let's say, open spaces, silent parallel rooms, um, different arenas and different areas where people can uh, interact and um my dream is also, and that's part of my passion, to <laughs> organize in Greece a world event on uh, dancing because um, it's part of my hobby and my my personal, let's say, uh, life. And it hasn't happened in Greece. So I would really like to have a, a, an international event of the best dancers of the world who are delivering classes. I'm not speaking about event for 100, 100 people, but let's say 1,000 people. But that's sort of the personal aspect. On a business aspect, um, I would really like to be part of an event that uh, invites inspirational leaders, mentors, uh, and uh, let's say key opinion leaders and experts in this field from all around the world. Brilliant. I think that's, I and love that's it. that's partly you... happening. Partly happening, but not just on a hundred percent, let's say, level. Well, maybe we we will hear about your your dance event coming up soon. I think that would be fun. You know, you so the, the ambassador rather than the organizer, or both, I, right? I you hope could kind so. Of I hope connect so. everything together. <laughs> Great, Cece, yeah, We've covered. We're speaking up. about when we're speaking about um, um, work-life balance. So I just mentioned my life balance. Um, let's say element that's why i mentioned dancing <laughs> perfect we've covered a lot of ground i think i have a couple of last questions for you um and one is kind of related to this which is if you could change anything in the industry you know if you had a magic wand and you could wave it and something would would change what would you use that 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 wish for what would you use that wand for um I, let's say the broader um um Thing I would like to change and the small, not smaller, but on a, on a global aspect and on a more national aspect. On a global aspect, I would really like to see our industry being recognized uh, as a top industry and our profession to be certified. And this is this is part of uh, what we do on IAPCO right now. So that is um, something I would like to uh, see. Um, I would like to um, see young professionals um, asking to be part of our industry like uh, crazy and for us not to be able to cope with a demand and that's not the, not the case right now and we would uh, there's so many people in this business um, who can uh, really inspire and educate young professionals in the best possible way um, so we do need that and that's something I would like to change if I had uh, the way to do it um, it cannot be changed so easily but we're trying, of course. And on a national aspect, I, if I could just create uh, more facilities in a big convention center in, in the city of Athens, it would be tomorrow, it would be amazing because there are so many events that we cannot host in this country because of the lack of capacity and availability. And that's a, one of my largest 
challenges, let's say, on a national level. So this would be what I would like to have tomorrow, if possible. We do have amazing facilities, but we are we have organized Olympic Games. We have hosted Olympic Games in this city, and we do not have a con conf conference center for more than, let's say, three, 4,000 people. And this is something absolutely necessary as Athens is climbing their ranking as a meetings destination and Greece in general, not just Athens. And we are do, we do urgently need more space and more facilities. And this will create, of course, more jobs and will help the economy. So this is, let's say, my dream as a as a member of uh, the national association of pcos love it i think if the mayor of athens is listening and i know uh, you're, you're connected you you will uh... he has listened to me many times all of them it's not that easy but i, I keep on dreaming and hoping <laughs> excellent we hope that we can we can help to to make that possible for you Cici, thank you so much for this conversation. I think it's been fascinating to learn about your experience and your your vision and, and how you see the, the, the meetings world. I wanted to last question for you is to get a recommendation from you of somebody else that we should interview on the podcast, another uh, exclusive guest for us. Absolutely. I would uh, propose actually our uh, IAPCO president, Sarah Markiham, who is also an amazing PCO in Australia. And she would be, I, I, I guess she would be very willing to speak to you as well as perhaps also Martin Boyle, our CEO, our IAPCO CEO. And I would recommend these two people. There are so and many people I can recommend, but for now, I think this is enough. Well, how about one last question? What would yes. you ask them? What, would you, what do you think we should ask them that would be really interesting, in particular, Sarah? Uh, what their vision is on the on the position that they 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 serve. What their vision, what the dream is, from from this role that they have right now. Yeah. What do, what do they want to see uh, in the future of the meetings industry? Perfect, and how that impacts the, the PCO world, and, right? and how that impacts uh, yes our world and our let's say our next generation leaders also, which is okay. highly important. All right. Thank you for the recommendation. Cece, it's been a pleasure. I hope everybody listening has enjoyed the conversation as much as I have. Uh, thank you for joining us today and wishing you lots of success. And hopefully we'll have some news for a new large venue in, in Athens soon. <laughs> I'd love to report on that, but uh, keep us posted if it happens and, uh, and we'll make sure to share the news. You will be for the first to know, I promise. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you, Miguel.